fast, efficient, and affordable business-grade hosting solutions, domain registration, SSL certificates, and more. We also monitor and provide website security and update services, website builds, email hosting, amongst other sensational products. If you have a question about your web page or your presence on the internet in general, no job is too big or too small. Visit our website today, or better yet, contact us at blueoceanwebhosting.com.au and leave your website issues to us. Big ones, little ones, fiddly ones, powerful ones. The ones for the car or the truck, caravan, boat, mobility scooter, solar system. In fact, for any kind of battery, go straight to Battery Central Ipswich. They'll even help you when you know what you need to power but have no idea what'll do the job. Battery Central Ipswich, 280 Brisbane Street, West Ipswich, behind the yellow building. Expert advice, better batteries, best prices, every day. That's Battery Central Ipswich. Welcome to episode 738 of Aussie Tech So I'm Jason Oakley and this is Will Tompkinson. Hey, Will. Hey, mate. Don't, top two podcasters in Australia. Don't you hate it when you click the button and the, the system goes, nah, not today. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 really. Click the, click the, the next screen. Nah, it's all fine. <laughs> Come on. You can do it. How's, how's your people skills? Uh, <laughs> ask me and find out. Yeah, just fine. Oh, fig jam. It's my uh, it's my tolerant for idiots that's the problem. <laughs> well, I'll but, just go now then, shall I? <laughs> well, I sent you a link to the this clothing company. Yeah. 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 Some of the shirts they got on there are absolutely amazing. I'm going to buy a couple more just because they... And then Song sent me the link the too. Song, yeah. yeah. And uh, they have some great stuff on there. <laughs> <laughs> so going to get some more of them. <clears throat> I need to get something. This thing's falling apart. That's I'm going to wear the same shirt for 37 years. It eventually wears out. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> uh, Has you been alright? We're all yeah. super locked down here. Yeah, oh, we haven't been in lockdown per se. We just had restrictions that don't allow us to do anything. Yep. But it's not on lockdown. We're not supposed to <laughs> go anywhere. And if you see anyone having people oh, visiting, yeah. the government says if you like to dob them in, that would be pretty cool. It's like that's like that <laughs> thing you see on Facebook all the time. Um, if you want to report your company for using illegal software, you can do it here. And it's like, yes, can I please lose my job? And, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, uh, so dumb. The whole thing is so dumb. But I'm actually going to escape tomorrow night. I'm going to um, cover somebody's show at the radio station. Haven't been there for a few months, so it should be interesting going back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, it's been, yeah, it's been a while. You've forgotten what to have done. Yeah. How do your windows anyway? What even is computer? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Random, random playlist. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> no, not that playlist. <laughs> Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. <laughs> oh, wait, the news is due any second now. Whoops. No, random playlist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't need no stinking news. I actually, probably for one of the first times in a while, do not have any new gadgets or on order or anything. I got a heap and they're all sitting in random transit centers all over the country at this point. <laughs> I had one the other day and I'm still waiting for it. It, it came from, it got sent from um, just below Tweed. Yep. And it went to Canberra Distribution Center, then to Sydney, then to Melbourne Distribution Center, then went back to Sydney and then left Sydney Distribution Center and went back to Sydney Distribution Center. <laughs> <laughs> it like 
I think it was the fourth or something of last month I ordered it. Yep. And the last trace was um, received at Sydney Distribution Centre like two weeks ago. Oh, okay. It's or a week, week ago. And it's like, huh? <laughs> lucky, you know, lucky I paid for Express Post. The only thing I'm waiting to be delivered is a carton of beer I got from Liquorland. I was like, if I'm not supposed to go there, they can damn well bring my grog here. Yeah. But you see, they, 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 they don't want you to do that now. They don't want you to order online either because it makes too many, too many people out and about. And it's like, well, hang on. How's anything supposed to happen then? It's like you don't want us to <clears throat> go anywhere, but then you don't want us to not go anywhere. What? Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy, crazy world, mate. Oh, it's screwed up a whole lot of it. But uh, what do you do? You know. So do what you gotta. I mean, I got a few ideas, but I can't tell you about them because I'm banned on Facebook again. <laughs> again. <laughs> I think I'm you go for the world record of how many times somebody got banned on Facebook. I think I'm pretty well hitting a fifty-fifty a strike rate. I'm yep. on for a month, I'm off for a month, I'm on for a month, I'm off for a month. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, uh, but, yeah, that's what happens. But, yeah, no, there hasn't been a lot going on. Um, Not even much news to talk about. No, in general, it's been quite, you know, <clears throat> whether it's... We had um, a big rush of stuff when some people left Earth for a little bit. When's the next boat going? Oh, they're talking about... I was reading was it Musk going up next? Yeah, apparently he's actually going to do a moonwalk, he reckons. Oh, yeah. like Michael Jackson. Holy crap, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that's all I was wondering. Is he going to Billy G? I don't know if he's... My love. I don't know if he's specified he's actually going to the moon or if he's just going to do he's a moonwalk. <laughs> In the Nevada desert. This is totes real, everyone, right? Because um, he was saying something about, oh, everyone's been to space now. There's, there's nothing, that's, that's boring. I've got to actually like, go to the moon or something now. <laughs> so he's, he's supposed to be going to Mars. Yeah, but isn't that for like another ten years away or something? I don't know. It's taking uh, that long to get there or something, doesn't it? it? Yeah, it's not exactly an overnight trip. Yeah. <clears throat> Have you ever seen the movie um, uh, Rocket Man? Yep. Uh, the comedy, it's so funny, and okay. he um, gets out of space, and the monkey ends up in his capsule, so he can't go into hibernation. Oh, right. So the entire trip, he's awake, yeah. and he's using all the um, he uses all the all the space food and like does the statue, the paintings and stuff on the roof, like the Sistine, you know, Sistine Chapel. Oh, right. <laughs> he recreates that on the top of the space station. He's like, they wait, they finally wake up. Like, I didn't use all the food. Here's like spinach and parsnip, and here's like anchovies and cheese. What are you talking about? There's plenty of food left. <laughs> What more do you need? Um, if you haven't seen that, um, it's got that guy who does the stuff. Yeah. Um, Fred Randall. Uh, Fred Randall. Don't you don't know Fred Randall? He's hilarious. Um, but he, yeah, in this it's called Rocket Man. It's from '97ish. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really funny movie. Like. <laughs> there's some scenes in another one for example where um he, he farts in the space suit uh. but one of the one of the guys lost his O2 tank lost his oxygen tank so they're sharing a common 
Oh, the common hose. <laughs> and he farts in the space suit. And you see this bubble coming along the hose. The other guy grabs the hose and he's like... No, no, no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. It's, it's a good, for a, good for a laugh. Yeah. <clears throat> it's got some like, actual, like, actual good, well-known people in it, too. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's got... Uh, William Sadler and Hartland Williams and uh, Jessica Landy and so it's got quite a few well-known people in it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's good funny, good, good and funny. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. Like, I'm trying to think that'd be my luck. Like if I was on the rocket to to Mars, that's what would happen to me. My cryo would break down and I'd be <laughs> <laughs> fighting in space for the next, you know, three be years, like, seven Matt years. Damon, Matt Dean. I Are actually haven't tapers? seen that yet. I, it's on my to watch list. It's just there. I've seen it twice now. It's sitting there with um, with the uh, the body the bodyguard's wife or whatever it is, and oh, yeah. the man. <laughs> they're all <laughs> they're all sitting in my playlist waiting for me to get at a time where the kid's not around to watch them. <laughs> yeah. So add it to the list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, if you want to hear a rendition of John Jingle, Jingle Holmes Schmidt, it's in that too. Uh, it's in the uh, they do the uh, the isolation training to see if they're suitable to be isolated or not. Yep. And so they're all in their little cubicles, supposedly isolated from each other. And he thinks that he's literally like isolated. There's nobody around, so he starts being like John Jankum Jingle. He starts singing it for like hours at a time at like full <laughs> volume and the other guys are the next and they're like shut up <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great fun Crazy. great fun but I started uh, um, started doing like three games for the VZ and still haven't decided which maybe I'll stick with the last one with the uh, army characters and stuff I like the yeah well the um, last one you show me with the uh, ladders and um, tanks tanks and stuff that was pretty cool welcome <coughs> that looks pretty good so. hopefully and then I just got um, contacted by the guy who I helped write the engine with and he's working on a Pac-Man clone yeah. I said you should use the um, ones that I've got in my Twitch stream now with the ghosts <laughs> going around you can copy that Hack- should look pretty good you call it Hackman. yeah <laughs> <laughs> waka 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 no, that's, oh, wait, that that's fuzzy. fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> waka, waka, waka. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta crossbreed the Muppets with Pac Man. <laughs> yeah. Muppet Man. Muppet Man. <laughs> fuzzy Man. Uh, packets. You should probably you, help. You could, cross, you, could, you could call them packets. Packets. Yeah. <laughs> Pac Man versus Muppets and packets. Um, don't know. Don't those ask. People scrolling across the. Wait. <laughs> don't ask. It's there. Hang on. Let me restart it. See this modern technology that we've got to work with. What it even is call tech support? And go. No, there no go. it is there. You know what the problem is? Yeah. Your um everything on your stream it. is covering it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can't. Where's my? Oh, great. While I'm trying to find my <laughs> everything again, can you read the mouse? I just literally shut every window on my, bra- on my 
Apparently, there's a minimize all command I wasn't aware of. Oh, that's good to learn. <laughs> yep, you can uh, sponsor us if you like. Go to patreon.com and uh, Aussie Tech Heads. You can sign up there. You can also get send us some money on coffee, ko slash Aussie Tech Heads. And we'll even take PayPal or anything like that. Whatever you got. Bouncing yellow skulls and things like this, like us, apparently. Yep, that's it. And uh, yeah, so you know, if you there's there's people doing PayPal, there's people doing direct deposit, there's you know, people selling hate mail. Whatever you want to do is fine. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, um, we'll take it all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm not fussy. It can all be used for something. Yeah. <laughs> Guess Maybe what? The hate Glenn. mail gets used for. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't know. That was weird. Apparently, I. I have a minimize all windows shortcut key setup that I wasn't aware of. Yeah. I think it's an OBE, uh, sorry, an OBS um, shortcut because OBS was active. It enabled the shortcut. You did it. Mm. So I remember yeah. not to do that again. Yeah. Um, Should we get into some news? I suppose we can give it a go. Potential Australian registrants will be able to license shorter domain names ending with .au from March 24 next year, following a multi-year process with public consultation and an independent policy review. Aphelius, which has been appointed to manage .au registry operations today, announced the launch, uh, launch date, saying the new direct name space brings Australia in line with other countries, such as New Zealand with .nz.uk.uk and US.us and Canada.ca, which already have shorter country-specific codes. Having a direct or second-level namespace allows Australian individuals and organisations to license short and eye-catching domain names that are easy to type and display on mobile devices, Outer said. The new namespace is in addition to existing Australian internet ones such as .com.au, .net.au, .org.au, .asn.au, .id.au that Australian's domain administrator Aldo manages. Example, uh, currently we have aussietechheads.com.au, but this could be shortened to something like ath.au for the right amount of money. Or in the case of our new name, instead of blueoceanwebhosting.com.au, we could be bo.au. Yeah, well, that was yeah. I mean, that was always the issue with the um, the .com that I You had to be well, in theory, you had to be a registered company to have it. Yeah, um, you had to have an RBN or an ABN at the start, and also it had to be so they were so strict at the start. If you had like Fred's Hardware <coughs> was the name of your company as registered name, you couldn't have Freds.com.au. It had to be yeah. Fredshardware.com.au. Yeah. And that was it was that was laxed lapsed a few years ago in terms of it being super strict. Yeah. Um I mean now you can register jasonoakley.com.au. That's sort of mean, yeah, they, they kind of dropped that. But I think Initially, it was a good idea because it made squatting not possible. Yeah, um, not which I think was part of the reason they did that. And then but, there was that guy who registered <coughs> au.com and then tried to get everybody to join up with their domain.au.com. He's like, I'll register everything for you. And I was like, no, this, that's just too confusing. People are not going to remember au.com instead of .com.au. I had a .au.com just for because why not? Just because you can. <laughs> um, it wasn't bad, actually. It was. It was Mr. Tomkinson. Uh, where was that? I think it was. 
No, I think it was back when I was working at uh, Magic Computers. Magiccomputers.au.com. Yeah. Back in the forever ago. Back when the internet still had animated GIFs and they were amazing. Wow. <laughs> and that contact us with the letter that zips into the letterbox. Yeah. And the yeah. under construction with the little dude and his pick. Yeah. <laughs> Weren't they in the days? I had a lot of under construction pages. <laughs> I think it was and on, they still are. Yeah. They're on G- they stuff. were they were on Geo Cities somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, they're um, on U Cities. But uh yeah, look I <clears throat> I think this is good. I I kinda wouldn't I'm gonna as soon as it comes available, I've got two or three that I'm gonna register. Um but you watch you watch the first day you won't be able to get on. And they'll be hideously expensive. Yeah, that's the other they haven't probably really like, yet, have they? they haven't said what prices, but you know, they probably do something like twenty grand for simple ones until everybody's got theirs and then they'll start opening it up. I still think they should do something similar, whereas if you've got proof of ownership of that pr- business, you should get priority. And then the question is, if if someone's got spiderinternet.com.au and someone's got spiderinternet.net.au, who gets the new one, spider.au? Well, I think if they are a legit company that already has them, like if they're an AU company, you know what I mean? Like, there's not too many. The, the, there's not too many in that that are that sort of straight cut. Like, there's. We've got batteries. So it gets confusing with us because they originally, back when the, the thing started years ago, they registered Battery Central. Yep. And then once they split up and one opened a Brisbane store, they got their Battery Central Brisbane website. Yep. So then you had Battery Central, Battery Central Brisbane, then we've got the Battery Central Ipswich website, yep. you know. <laughs> but the funny thing is the guy who's got the Battery Central website doesn't trade under Battery Central anymore. Oh. But he's kept the website. <laughs> and it's like, come on, you know, like... Give it up. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have the Battery Central registered business name. Yeah. You know, but... Uh, he just has to keep renewing it and he'll keep it forever. Yeah, exactly. It's so, like one of my old domains, so I let expire and I put it on a um, notification list every year just to see if it's going to unexpire. And I thought maybe I'll get it. I don't know whether it's going to be worth the money, but every year it's getting re automatically um, paid for <laughs> by whoever has it. And I think they're just redirecting for advertising or something just so they can get some clicks but it's not that exciting a domain name anyway no and it it, because it existed before they're just like yeah we'll keep that yeah well that's why i'm keeping that's the only reason i keep re-registering you know williamtomkinson.com yeah it's pure not that i use it and i think actually it should if clan set up properly which (laughs) it should be redirecting to battery central but um it's oh, like, I can buy my old one for two thousand one hundred ninety-five dollars US. <laughs> there you go. So it's not so much that I use it; it's just that I don't want somebody else to have it. Yeah. You know, it's it's not even a, you know, what do they call it? A um, uh, what do they call it when you get you know Google your own name and stuff? Vanity search. It's not so much for a vanity search; it's just literally so that it makes it harder for somebody else to use it for spam. Yeah. Um, it's the same reason like we have the Battery Central Ipswich 
Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and this and TikTok and that and something else. It's not that we use them. Um, uh, admittedly, I probably should. To. I probably should start using some of those profiles. Yeah, do some TikToks where you're dancing in the but, shower and stuff. <laughs> But it's more the fact that if we have them, we know that somebody else doesn't have them. Yeah. You know. Um, and that's what that's, happened to... That's the cyber sweating we were talking about before. Yeah. And that's what happened to um, uh, Aussie Tech Heads on... Was it Facebook? Somebody else come up with... We've got to have Aussie... Um, no, Instagram.com slash uh, Aussie Tech Heads uh, on IG. Because... Aussie tech heads is taken by someone who's not Australian or a tech head. So, yes. They just took it because they knew. Yeah. yeah it was like I, I was releasing my VZ games on uh, bluebilby.com and somebody shortly after I started doing that registered uh, bluebilby as a um, Twitter name and just happened to come up with that a few months after I registered the domain and started putting software on there just randomly happened to pick exactly the same name as a blue bilby i mean what are the odds but they still yeah. keep on posting every now and then to it even these they didn't for the like six years they didn't post anything and now they post occasionally on there but i just went blue bilby apps that works yeah well i mean Sometimes it's nuts too. Like we've got, um, you know, Maxon Batteries is a is a big battery distributor um, that I was help originally helped set up, and then we use this Panther thing for the logo. Yep. And um, out of the blue, a couple of months ago, some random Italian or French company contacts us and says we need to change our or they want us to change our branding because they're called Maxon Electronics Specialist in this industry dot proprietary limited with you know a black elephant as their logo and it's so close that people are going to get confused so we need to change ours that's an elephant so I mean like, they look um, the same uh, no no I don't think we will um, <laughs> you're quite welcome to change yours however yeah <laughs> No, we demand our lawyers, our, our our big lawyers who are paying lots of money demand that you change. So we'll tell you what, come and see us. Come pay yep. us a visit and then we'll worry about it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a little chat, shall we? You know, it's just like, seriously, go away. <laughs> just because, you know, just because... It, it, well, Apple got upset at Woolworths when they brought out the new W Apple logo over here. Oh, did they? Yeah, because it it's like, well, it's like an Apple... You're like, yes, yes, lots of things that are Apple-like look like apples. Yeah, and you don't own the exclusive. You own the rights to that one where it's got the apple that's got a bite out of it in one leaf. Yeah. That's it. You don't own all of the Apple logos that are ever going to be made for anybody. No. What? <laughs> Crazy, right? You're uh, like, it's a food company. It's got fresh food, so they put an apple in their logo. No, no. Like, own all the apples. Surprise it. Well, that, yeah, but I mean, that's what happens with bloody uh, Toys R Us. Yeah. You know, suddenly then, you know, animals are us and kids are us and. Everything's are us. Rugs are us and they want to suit them all out of existence. Yeah. It's like, but you don't own any of those. 
thing. You don't own the right to own everything that says RS. It's like Ugg Boots. <laughs> it's a slang. You can't copyright the name because you want it. Just because you're, Ameri- you're an American company that uses it doesn't mean that you... It, it, in America, you probably can, but not here. It's a colloquial word. You can't register <laughs> it. You know? No, I don't know. It's just messed up. So, and see, this other thing, like you're saying, you know, getting the .au's. I mean, it started originally, it was just .com.au. Then it became there's a .net.au. Then there was .id.au. Then there was... So... Yeah, I can see how it's going to get confusing when it just goes to .au. It'd be interesting to see how much people want are willing to pay for. Yeah. You know how much and, and how, how many squatters. But you know what's going to happen? It's going to be all the big marketing companies and the domain the companies are going to get in there straight away and just do a bulk buy on ten thousand names straight up. Yeah, that's what they're going to do. So that's what they normally do. Guarantee. Gotta protect my brand and mm. all the others. Gotta protect your brand for you so that you don't have to. <laughs> That's YouTube's excuse. How nice. That's like that, um you used a song and that set three seconds of that song was claimed by this company to protect it for the person who owns it because they didn't know that you did it, but this other company did. So they're putting a copyright strike on it for you so that you can pay them so that the original person doesn't know that you've still done it. Yeah. Huh? So it's how, how you, you hear these things where somebody gets sued for some kind of music <clears> or something and they it, it's just hit some little person who isn't making a ton of money out of it or anything and eventually word gets back to the band who created the song. They're like, we, we didn't know any of that was happening. We're happy for you to use our song in that way yeah. or your remix or change of it. We, we think that's fantastic. You're a little person just starting out and you've got a couple of followers. Good on you. We uh, told our lawyers to stop harassing you, but it's always jump on them first and attack and yeah. then later say, oh, well, I guess they might have been sorry and they might have not wanted us to do that, but we're just protecting them. A lot of the problem comes about with companies like CD Baby, for example. Yep. So their excuse <clears throat> is that they protect the rights of the music holders even though the music holders have no contract with them and no obligation to them at all. Yeah. And I've had songs where I have written permission from the authors in who wrote the song. I have written permission to use the song. Yeah. And then CD Baby comes along, puts a copyright strike on it, and I send them the copy of the written permission. They go, yeah, but you didn't pass it through us first. <laughs> like, but you have nothing you to do with this band. You don't, they don't know you. You are in no, no way affiliated with them. Yeah. There's nothing to do with them. Therefore, your your voice is irrelevant. Then YouTube goes, "No, nah, I think they're right. You yeah. need to you need to pay them money." It's like, no, well, yeah, <laughs> that's not that how this works. One one of our old podcasts was at the I think two, it might have been two, the three, Minecraft three. one where I had music at the start of it, and then um, I got a copyright strike against it, and I said, "No, this was public domain on the public domain website. Here's the website. It's still public domain." Oh, the guy who wrote it decided he wanted to release it on an album, so he doesn't want it public domain anymore. I'm like, it, it was already public domain. You can't retroactively change it and then suddenly yeah. hit me with with this takedown notice because the guy's changed his mind. I can't change something. I, that music is 
been on our videos from last year. I'm not going to go back and delete all the videos from last year because this guy decided he wanted to make some money out of it. That was that was it. That was one of them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like so dumb. But we had that one, and I got it with um. I had it with Talkback Tech because I had a friend of mine write music for Talkback Tech, for Android Podcast, for a couple of them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they tried to tell me that they own the music. Can like, Didn't someone try and do it for the, the um, our Minecraft podcast background music that we just had going throughout the whole show? And I said, no, I actually had a friend of mine over in America wrote it himself. Yeah. Nobody is claiming copyright on this. He's certainly not because he wrote it for me. Who's who's just coming up with this takedown for no reason? Yeah. Let's just take down all the things that might have a little bit of music in them. Yeah. That's it. It's um, it's just so dumb. Yeah, that one. So yeah, so apparently that was brand music <laughs> written specifically for us. Yeah. Um, provided free by Jeff Perchett and FreestockMusic.com. Yeah. But no, not good enough for Facebook. <laughs> for YouTube, for what are we talking about? Who one YouTube. of those one of those giant conglomerates? Yeah. Speaking of giant conglomerates, <clears throat> no, I'm not. You take that back. <laughs> You're a giant conglomerate. <laughs> <laughs> so then that dude at Trans um, Hotel Transylvania, the big green blobby guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's a giant conglomerate. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mastercard. Oh. So, apparently. Okay, here's something I didn't realise that we're one of the few countries and we're one of the first countries to do PayWave. Yeah. We pretty much led the way with PayWave. America only um, just stopped using the swipe like last year or something. Yeah, and the insert like the insert thing's only catching up in some countries. They still don't trust it. No. Oh, someone's gonna steal all your money if they could just walk past or they'll take your card and go everywhere and spend a hundred dollars everywhere. Because I don't know how it works, but you know it's insured. You know, but it's not even that. Like the the chip technology, you know. So we sort of went from the the swipe to the chip to the the pay wave, and a lot of the countries haven't even hit the the chip yet, let alone the pay wave. They're still at the chip. (laughs) But um, weirdly, we were one of the first countries to adopt that, which is bizarre. But anyway. Um, Mastercard spend all their money faster and easier. Yeah, but you want me to spend all your money? That's it. Mastercard says they're getting rid of the magnetic strip oh. by 2033, which is a while. But it's interesting that, um, and I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, yeah, okay. I've only ever used it two or three times in the last ten years when the swipe hasn't worked and then the chip hasn't worked. Uh, or the touch hasn't worked and the chip hasn't worked then last case scenario you go to the swipe through the card reader but it almost never works anymore because the card readers are so full of garbage because they haven't been used in forever um, that they don't work anyway Uh, unless somebody's got like an old bank card most of the old bank cards are still swipe you'll notice if they've got like an old Bendigo bank or Suncorp or something like that they don't have the the chip or the 
the touch most of those are still swipe but yeah you don't get it that often um i'm like yeah that's that's fine you know you can get rid of that i don't really see that being a problem um Probably one less feature for the Samsung <coughs> phone because it uh, mimics the magnetic strip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, it's been around since the 60s. So it's not, <laughs> Time exactly, to go. not exactly new technology, but it's just interesting that they've sort of picked that. Um, but, and that's the other thing, too. By 33, you got to admit that's what, 11 years away, 12 years away. Um,. I don't even know if cards will be a thing. I mean, as it is now, most of my cards are on my phone. Yep. And they get triggered by my, my watch. watch or phone or use the app itself to do stuff. Uh, like um, ZipPay, for example, or Afterpay. They just punch, you bring the app up and they you just put in or tell them your vendor code on your phone and they put that in and it automatically does. There's even no physical interaction between devices. Oh, okay. Um... Yeah, they you bring up the app, and it says install like install payment. You bring that up. They bring up the merchant screen, and it says install payment. Give me your merchant number. They they give you the merchant number. It sends them a confirmation. You press accept. Done. That's it. Like so, you can do it on the phone. Like there's no 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 physical interaction required. So, I'm um, I'm sort of thinking that by 2033, I I don't even honestly expect to be having a card. No. no. <laughs> It's <coughs> that that you know. That's why I found more fascinating about the story. It's not so the fact they're getting rid of the magnetic strip. It's the fact they're still expecting people to be using cards. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't even carry around my driver's license anymore because you've got the New Service New South Wales app yeah. stores your license in there. But the problem is, you go to somewhere like the RSL, and there's no like, signal. <laughs> can you put your Can you put your your driver's license? They put it through a machine that scans it and reads yeah. out your name address date of birth and everything automatically installs it in the machine they're like thank you jason off you go and you don't have to sign anything or do it how are you going to put my phone in that machine <laughs> to scan it like the yeah card? it's not going to work that's the other thing too like i have um like my super cheap and my bunnings trade card and stuff on my phone yeah uh, i still carry the cards with me in the car because i've had situations where the barcode scanners won't read the screen of your phone yeah. So I think that's obviously something that needs to be worked on. But yeah, I, I'd be very surprised if we have any physical cards at all in the next five or six years, let alone eleven years. That'll be good because I just bought a new wallet and I have to make sure it's got like <coughs> ten to twelve different places to slot all the cards in and have this big bulky thing carrying around just because you have to. See, I don't. I've got one of those, um, one of those not not the brand name Ridge wallet, but one of the things like those Ridge wallets. Yep. which are just the expanding... They're basically a carbon fibre plate on both sides with elastic in the middle. So oh, they right. just expand depending on how many cards you put in them. I think they're great because you can put two cards or you can put 20 cards in them. But they don't They don't care. Same size. <laughs> they just change. They just get thicker depending on how many cards you want to put in them. Yep. Um, I like those. They're great. Uh, I mean, I haven't carried an actual wallet wallet in... 20 years? Yeah. <laughs> Where do you put your shrapnel? Um, I don't. Well, who? I mean, why is that a thing? It goes in my pocket. Then when I get in the car, it goes in the shrapnel holder. Yeah. Which used to be called an ashtray, but it's a shrapnel. All the cars have got shrapnel holders now. <laughs> and then I let Bob. He goes. He I, he cleans the car out, and he thinks it's great because he cleans the car, out and he goes, "Oh, I found coins." 
<laughs> like a, you know, it's like a dollar in. Yeah, you can have those for cleaning the car out. There you go. Reminds me of like Homer Simpson <laughs> when he dropped off his car to get service and he's like, I'm counting the pennies in the ashtray. There's two. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't you go take two pennies from me. Um, you know, and, and notes, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not one for a cashless society by any means, but I just find myself never having cash. Yeah. And it's I not... Mean, I, not use cash if know. I could use if I could use more places for crypto and cards then with the built-in apps where you can put your card into your phone and watch and stuff then I wouldn't carry anything like that yeah I mean there's always a place for cash and yeah certainly you yeah, like our noodle shop down here cash only yeah you know most bakeries and stuff but if I'm doing small transactions I much prefer to do them in cash because as as somebody who has to pay merchant fees Merchant fees on a small transaction eat into the transaction. Like, you might as well not even do it sometimes. Um, right. So, I prefer, you know, your bakery, your your, your mum and dad small stores where you're spending anything under 50 bucks. I try and pay by cash because you sometimes can pay as much as 2% on a transaction. So, if you've got a $5 item, you know, it's usually like 2% or 30 cents, whatever's greater. Yep. So if you've got a $5 item, you've just paid charge cost them $0.30 cents to make a card transaction on a $5 item that they're probably only making $0.50 cents on to start with. Get a bunch of those a day. So, you know, it's it's hard in that regard. So I, I do try to carry cash for those sort of things and for obviously, you know, Facebook Marketplace and yep. and whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not any cash by any means, but I just find myself... I always try and keep like 20 bucks in the car just as an emergency... You know, stash. It's I know if I need it, there's twenty bucks in the car. Yeah. Um, you know, if something goes pear shaped and I lost my wallet or whatever, at least I'm not completely broke. Um, but yeah, I find I haven't had a wallet where I've had coins and cash in it for for so long. It's just it's kind of a weird sensation. The first thing I want to do is get it out of my pocket when I have it in. <laughs> the main times that I have cash <clears throat> is when I go out somewhere for lunch with mum and or dad and I pay for everything and then dad pays me back yeah. in cash every yeah. time because he doesn't have any other way that he knows that he can give me money. Yep. <laughs> what even is bank transfer or PayPal or... I don't That's... understand. Here's... There you go. <laughs> yeah. Take that. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with this? And i got to find some way that I'm going to have to spend it. Well, it's funny. Our mother, uh, my mother-in-law used to do it all the time. You know, we'd we'd go shopping and we'd go to the butcher and buy a couple hundred bucks worth of meat, and she'd buy you know fifty bucks of it or whatever. And we'd get home and she'd go, oh, "I'll come around tomorrow and I'll bring some cash around and fix you up." So I was like, and but now she's like, "You know my bank details. You just transfer it across." Take <laughs> <laughs> what you want. So it's funny. It's funny how things change. I mean, I remember when I was growing up. You know, on your birthdays, you'd always get cash in the in the letterbox. Yep. A card had come with cash in it, you know. You get, you know, five bucks from grandma and ten bucks from grandma. I was still doing that till last year <clears> for my <throat> nephews, but now I just PayPal to their dad yeah. and say you can give it to them. That's what I say. It's so much now that it gets like most kids have a bank account now. Yep. If, uh, even if it's like Cam's got a savings account that we put, we've got a big jar thing every year. We fill it up and we go and dump it in the in the Westpac Auto counter and let it count it. Then it goes into his bank account. You know, that's his sort of savings. Yeah. And um, most kids now have a bank account, and you just go, you don't. <laughs> he's twenty bucks, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and be done with it. So it's funny. 
Intel is branding its upcoming consumer GPUs as Intel Arc. This new Arc brand will cover both the hardware and software powering Intel's high-end discrete GPUs, as well as multiple hardware generations. The first of those, known previously as DG2, is expected to arrive in the form of codename Alchemist in Q1 2022. Intel's Arc-based Alchemist GPUs will be available in both desktops and notebooks in early 22 with Intel seemingly aiming to compete against both AMD and NVIDIA here. While we still don't know much about the performance of the first Alchemist GPUs, Intel published a teaser video that showed prototype silicon powering PUBG, Psychonauts 2, Metro, Exodus, and more. Intel's Arc GPUs will be capable of mesh shading, variable rate shading, video upscaling, and real-time ray tracing. Most importantly, Intel is promising AI-accelerated super sampling, which sounds like Intel has its own competitor to NVIDIA's deep learning super sampling, or DLSS, technology. AMD launched its own Fidelity FX super resolution answer to DLSS in June, but it's only using a spatial upscaling technique rather than AI-based temporal upscaling. The aim of all these technologies is to upscale games from a lower resolution to provide smoother frame rates without noticeable compromising image quality. Launch of the Intel Arc brand and the reveal of future hardware generation signifies Intel's deep and continued commitment to gamers and creators everywhere. We have teams doing incredible work to ensure we deliver first class and frictionless experiences when those products are available early next year, said their GPU business head. Intel is only teasing the brand of its Arc GPUs today and revealing that Battle Mage celestial and druid are all code names for its future generations arc gpus more details and specifics are planned for later in 2021 so far intel has launched its first iris xe graphics card codenamed dg1 that uses the company's xelp architecture these low power cards are mainly designed for pre-built workstations instead of dedicated gaming rigs Intel's upcoming Arc GPUs will be based on the company's XEHPG microarchitecture, which is a combination of the work Intel has been putting into its XELP, HP, and HPC microarchitectures. Don't expect you'll be mining any Bitcoin with those, though. Um, yeah, but it doesn't matter who's releasing cards at the moment. Nobody can make them. No. <laughs> so that's kind of irrelevant. That's probably why they're talking about 2022 sometime. Yeah. We might have something. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I think AMD's just had such a head start in cards for so long that it's sort of. I think this would probably be good for like businesses that just want oh, a yeah. desktop to put Windows on and do your counting and WordPress or Word WordPerfect. WordPerfect. Oh, I mean, when was the last time anyone <laughs> used WordPerfect? Geez, I'm old today. I'm sure. You know, they'll play games perfectly fine. I, 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 okay, let me rephrase that. I'm sure they'll play most of the medium to low-end games perfectly fine. They're going to struggle with the upper ones, but not necessarily the card's fault. Yeah. <coughs> the architecture and the infrastructure isn't there to back the card up. It's like when we had uh, OpenGL versus... Um, uh, what was it? Turbo, um, OpenGL versus... DirectX. DirectX. There was a massive chasm there for a few years where they'll, you know, it was either one or the other. A game would never yeah. very rarely support both. It would support OpenGL or it would support DirectX. 
and you had to make a choice do I buy a card that supports OpenGL or do I buy a card that supports DirectX do I get my Trident Turbo 3D or do I get my (laughs) Voodoo 2 you know like (laughs) and it took that 10 years to settle down Um, and in the end they went well why don't we just support everything and they did and then half of the card manufacturers went away (laughs) (laughs) and they so, now you got AMD and NVIDIA and Intel and that's it. Well, and Intel realistically is only classified as, um, like, you're on board, entry-level yeah. stuff anyway, so that doesn't really count. But then, yeah, then you had your NVIDIA and you had your AMD and you had... Um, the only real issue... Well, then you had other issues since because Linux has grown in popularity since then. And... You had better driver support with one format than you did with the other format. Yeah, for AMD, because NVIDIA wouldn't release this. Open source drivers, yeah. Yeah. You know, so are we going to go back to that? Yeah, this is this is the issue. It's not so much they could they could release the best hardware in the world, but if you've got nothing that's going to support that hardware, then what? Yeah, you have to make your hardware support everything that everybody else does. Yeah, and, and you can't because they don't open source, as you said, NVIDIA won't open source their their driver base or their uh, architecture for their hardware. Mm. So you can't make it support that, which means, okay, you can make it support the AMD, but if you're supporting AMD, which has already got the cheapest and the most expensive card and everything in between on the market already that covers that range, you, you don't really have anywhere to go. You can't improve on something that's already doing the job it's designed to do so what's the gap you're trying to fill in the market you know? <laughs> um, I guess they could replace their 20 year old onboard HD you know and yep. turn make this so when you get a laptop for example that's got onboard and discrete yep. um, you actually have a decent onboard chip I guess uh, and yeah, I mean, as you said, like the NUCs and the little workstations and the, um, the things like that would be handy to have a, a decent processor so they could handle. Are you going your pie? Uh, no, it works. What does it use? No, it uses. I can't remember what it uses. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Just see where it goes. I mean, it'll be interesting. There are some. Um, are there, I can think of some things where it'd be handy where you want reasonable video memory not you don't necessarily need insane performance you know like you're doing um, portable billboards and uh, yeah. multimedia multimedia billboards and multimedia applications um, things like that where it's not driving the cards hard but they are doing you know a fair bit of work so it's always good to have another competitor. Maybe some prices will go down a bit. It's hard to say because, I mean, Intel's by default a more expensive chip in everything they do. It's just the way it's always been. So is it going to be, you know... That's why I'm, I'm trying to... I'm just trying to figure out where they're going to fit in the market. <laughs> they can't really make a cheaper chip because that's not what Intel does. Mm-hmm. They'd have to offer. They'd have to be dearer because that's just who they are. They're like the Apple of the the chip world. They'd have to be dearer just because they're Intel. But they have. They'd have to offer something that you can't get with a competitor. Mm. 
don't know what that would be. No. Uh, was, <laughs> I don't know what that'd be, but yeah, that, that's that, that's going to be their only leg up. Is they're going to have to, they're going to have to have a better card for the same sort for or for. Well, I can guarantee you they're going to be dearer cards. I don't know. We'll see what happens in twelve months' time. See, put a pin in that story and come back to it and see if it uh, it comes to fruition. Yeah. I mean, then again, if they they do have a big market in servers and um, shared hardware and stuff like that, I can see a situation where you where you're sharing um, like a workstation. Like you might have a powerhouse server, and then you've got a dozen workstations in the office all sharing that server load I can see where a high power dedicated graphics card that's designed for that situation would be handy yeah. you know it means everybody could have a, a 2 gig graphics card in their workstation so yeah I mean something like that might be great Yeah, uh, we'll see we shall see um, speaking of expensive the uh, subsea cable might have might have got a little bit of little bit of damage to it. Oh, um, I mean it might have been cut in half, a little bit, a little bit cut in half. A little bit lots. <laughs> the Australian Federal Police investigates the subsea cable at Perth uh, was cut. Uh, now the way this is written, apparently it cut off Perth. I don't think that's oh. what they meant. I think they meant. The Can cable. we do that? I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> I think they meant the cable was cut. How about off, the whole of Western off Australia? Perth, off the shore of Perth, the cable got cut. <laughs> but the way it's written, it sounds like the cable cut off Perth. <laughs> but um, yeah, subsea fiber operated by Vocus was severed inside Perth's cable protection zone earlier this month, uh, August 1st, about 18 k's from Perth's landing station. Um, it puts it well inside the Perth protection zone, which stretches 112 k's off Perth city beach. Basically, means container ships and things like that aren't supposed to put uh, anchors down um, to protect the the seafloor. Basically, so you get the same thing at Barrier Reef. It's, you know, it's it's common. Uh, declared by Australian Communications and Media Authority, protection zone restricts certain activities. Yeah, as I said, uh, damaging a cable, undertaking restricted activities inside one of those zones is a criminal offence that carries fines up to $133,200. That's a very specific amount. <laughs> uh, and a 10-year jail term or both. Hang on. Carries fines of up to $133,000, $200 and a 10-year jail term or both. There you go. What? <laughs> huh? <laughs> um, it's like that story I was reading earlier today about the guy who died <laughs> Did you... It's not, I shouldn't laugh because the guy died of COVID, but the way the story was written was was just... Experts said that... Let's uh, see if I can find it. Here we go. Fully vaccinated man dies of COVID. Doctors claim the result could have been different. No, the doctors claim the result could have been worse if he didn't have the vaccine. Worse than death. Huh? <laughs> it's a fate worse than death now that it finally makes sense, that phrase. But uh, anyway. Um, so... Yeah, so far the decline to publicise the potential cause of the break. Um, root cause identification will happen alongside repair works. Focus will provide a more accurate assessment and update as time goes on. Uh, the previously reported breakages as ship dragging anchors across the cable happens specifically in storms when the ship just has not. I mean, 
if you're outside of the protection zone and the storm drags you in it with your anchors down, there's not much. I mean, that's not, you know, not your fault. Um, anchoring in cable protected zones is permitted only under limited number of circumstances. Um, so basically, they're saying uh, repairs are underway uh, and they're expecting it will be end of the m- where are we? Yeah. End of the month before they're expecting it to be fully repaired. So if you're over in Western Australia or you're trying to get data over to Western Australia and, and it's slow, that's probably why you, your already maxed out cable is uh, hanging in with a wing and a prayer at the moment. <laughs> so that must be a hell of a thing. I don't know if you've ever had the joy of repairing optic cable. Nope. Um, doing single strands of optic cable is horrendous enough uh, on land where you have access to everything you need at your fingertips and trying to repair that stuff underwater just has to be absolutely painful yeah uh, <laughs> you know it's bad enough I've, I've had to repair like normal single strand like NBN single strand cable uh, I was on a team that got called out to the Gold Coast one year to do a backhoe would dug up the trunk line uh, right underneath the uh, whether the next day the oh, what they call it what were the the, the green no the um oh that big yeah, rock the big rock Stedford thing they have there oh uh, yeah <coughs> um down the green or something no. on the yeah one of those something. So one of those stay off the grass things um, they yeah the backhoe putting in a um, a water line or something managed to dig up the trunk cable for the <laughs> for half of um, the Gold Coast that like night before this Old was about Glenn. to start and um, I remember there was I got called out I didn't bother going because there was no point um, I know I already knew there was about 40 crews heading out there at yep. 2 o'clock in the morning at you know $20,000 a, a head for four hours or something and there was <laughs> so many people turned up to do that. that I don't know what the trunk line was I can't remember what it was Five, 2,000 cables or something yep. and that was fun How <laughs> yeah, do that underwater yeah and do that underwater basically that's what I was getting at like it, it's bad enough trying to repair that on land yeah so crazy the Manatee Energy Storage Centre, the world's largest solar-powered battery storage facility, is now 75% finished, with 100 of 132 total containers already installed, reveals a press release from Florida Power and Light Company. The battery is housed in Manatee County, as the name indicates, and expected to be fully operational by the end of the year. When completed, the system will have a 409 megawatt capacity, with the ability to deliver 900 megawatt hours of energy is enough electricity to power 329,000 homes for more than two hours. With one milestone after another, FPL is following through with a steadfast commitment to make Florida a leader in sustainability and resiliency as we consistently deliver America's best energy value, electricity that's not just clean and reliable, but is also affordable. The battery will serve to replace FPL's coal plant. In June, we said goodbye to coal by dismantling FPL's last coal plant in Florida, just as we surpassed 40% of the way toward completing our 30 by 30 plan to install 30 million solar panels by 2030. 
Soon the world's largest solar powered battery will be beginning the serving customers and we'll turn our attention to innovative green hydrogen pilot project, which could unlock the potential for a 100% carbon free energy future. The battery will store energy in order to bring electricity to homes, even when the sun's not shining at night and on cloudy days, meaning other more polluting power sources will not be required. Although customers are bound to see some financial benefits after the main gains will be environmental. According to FPL, each battery module is capable of storing an amount of solar energy equivalent to roughly 2,000 iPhone batteries. A complete battery system will be equivalent to 100 million iPhone batteries and energy storage containers will be organized across a 40 acre plot of land, the equivalent of 30 football fields. And the battery will have a lifespan of 40 years. With more than 12 million solar panels installed and more than 40 solar energy centers in operation, FPL is building on its rapid solar expansion with the world's largest solar powered battery, said FPL Vice President. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. FPL is implementing innovative battery storage projects across the state, transforming Florida's transportation landscape with more than 1,000 EV chargers and partnering with universities and municipalities on battery systems that leverage cutting edge microgrid technology wouldn't it be great if we could do something like that in australia but just not possible in our uh, country look, the, there's still you can't get rid of you you can't rely purely on solar <coughs> um it's not a guaranteed solution you you can't if you get a week's worth of storms you, you can't store that sort of power um, you need to have two or three, whether you have hydro, geothermal, um, wave technology, um, wind. wind turbines, solar. Like you need to have a whole amalgamation of things, not just one. Must be you know, they're looking at hydrogen as well. One thing they 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 say, oh, we're getting rid of coal fire. It's like okay, fine, but the thing with a coal fire power station. Very few of them actually burnt coal. Most of them burnt waste and stuff. But that was a single point of it was a single point of failure. But it was a very very rare chance of failure. Mm. You can't say here's a twenty thousand megawatt coal fire power station. Here's a twenty thousand megawatt solar farm. It might be a twenty thousand megawatt solar farm for two hours a day. And then it's an 18,000 megawatt solar farm for two hours a day. And then it's 16,000. And then it's a 14,000. And then it's a 10,000. And then it's zero for 14 hours a day because there's no sun. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you, they, they get all wrapped up in numbers, but the numbers are kind of irrelevant because they don't, you can't directly compare the technologies. Um, and having batteries, is once again, is fine and dandy, but you need a way to charge those batteries. So... If you're using, let's I don't know, let's say you put a twenty thousand megawatt solar farm in, your district's using eighteen thousand megawatts on a regular basis. Yep. Well, you're only putting two thousand megawatts of the difference back into the battery pack, which won't even run the town overnight, let alone for two or three days of bad weather. You know, so suddenly you had a twenty thousand watt power station that was handling the load perfectly fine. You need a hundred thousand megawatt solar farm to do the same job. Yeah. You know, but they don't. They don't do that. They put a twenty thousand watt solar farm in where they had a twenty thousand watt coal fire paint. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> they don't sort of, and then they wonder why they run out of power. Yeah. 
Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't know. Look, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not for alternative energies and stuff, but you just got to think. <laughs> you <laughs> got to be aware of, of, of limitations of alternative energy sources. Mm. Um, the, the difference is we're inadvertently aware, whether it's nuclear, whether it's coal, whether it's whatever we're currently using, we are aware of those limitations by virtue of the fact that we've been using it for 50 years. Whereas the new technologies, we just we're so used to thinking about them in a power in a certain way that you th you forget that the limitation changes because the technology's changed, yep. and then you wonder why you get caught out. So, and it's not to say it can't be done. It absolutely can be done, and there are there are countries who have gone one hundred percent renewable. And there's actually some countries that are pay, that pay you in the middle of the day to use power because they're generating so much power, um, and they can't store anymore. They want people to actually use power during peak production, yeah. so they actually literally pay you. And these are countries like uh, Iceland and Germany where EVs are massive, and everybody charges their EVs in the middle of the day where they're getting paid to charge their car. Yeah, like great idea. You know. So, <clears throat> JB Hi-Fi. Um, yes, okay, they just turned to $506 million a year profit. But they have all these unsellable um, handsets. So, they've got um, either warranty returned or open returned or floor stock or uh, loaners, decks displays, demo units, um, employee phones, all this sort of stuff they're ending up with all these handsets at seven and a half thousand un unsellable handsets um, that they basically just leave them in storage because there's nothing they can do with them, you know. But they've figured out that they can give them a second life. Um, they've disclosed the program as part of their ongoing circular economy initiative, which basically means they're cutting down how much money they're spending. <laughs> uh, they've also previously dealt with and continue to deal with handling of e-waste. Um, sustainability report released to coincide with uh, financial year 21 results. JB Hi-Fi said Central Warehouse operates a process to refurbish and reuse within our business uh, unsellable mobile phones that have been returned by customers, X-Display, etc. Um, approximately 7,500 phones were given a second life and reused throughout different areas. The process involves creating a circular economy within our business operations for unsellable mobile phones, um, demo displays, blah, 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 thus ending the useful life of each phone prior to it being salvaged and recycled. Uh, said it removed and wiped all personal data from the return devices before repurposing them, repurposing them for personal use for staff. Um, so basically, yeah, when you work at JB, you get given a free phone now, pretty much. Nice. Oh, um, you wouldn't complain, even if it is refurbished or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. One thing they they do. Um, I was at a JB. And they unloaded this container off the back of a truck. And that's interesting. What's in that? And I couldn't help myself and I went over and had a look. It wasn't a container. Those, um, you know, a thousand liter um, water 
tote things. Yep. They had four or five of those with the tops cut out of them. And they're all full of clear devices. Now, oh. straight away, I knew that they're ex-prison because all the prison... Um, all the prisons use clear um, cases so that they can see if you're hiding... Oh, yeah. um, you know, hiding contraband aside the cases. So I knew what it was straight away. But I just thought it was interesting that what surprised me was that it had an end of life. Like after a couple of years of this, and they're only, you know, two or three years old, a lot of this stuff. They basically chucked him into a skip. And um, so it, if a prisoner got released, um, for example, they would ditch the stuff they wouldn't clean it and reuse it and give it to the next person they just would throw it they'd just chuck it out um, if stuff got broken in brawls or fights it'd get thrown out and replaced if stuff just wore out it'd get thrown out and replaced like nothing got repaired nothing got fixed nothing got anything like that um, but you can see all this stuff is clear it's all clear case so the yeah. TVs um, even their iPads um, you know distribution boxes, radios, it's all clear case stuff. So it was really obvious that it had all come from the prison. But yeah, there was, there was, um, there was TVs and VCRs and Playstations and Xboxes and um, computers and all sorts of stuff just chucked in their skips. And I said, it's the kind of thing that average two doesn't even think about. No, I said to him, "So hey, can I?" Um, and okay, some of them are like volume limited, for example. So yeah. they might change on the TV sets. They might change out the um, put really tiny speakers in them so that they they can only be like you almost have to sit on top of them to hear them. Yeah. So you can't disturb your neighbors. Same with the radios and things like that. Um, but. Yeah, and I said, I said, look, can I, you know, can I grab one, take one home? They're obviously going to get just scratched, scrapped anyway, because the, you know, for whatever reason. Yep. And they're like, no, no, these have all got to go in for secure destruction. Oh. I'm like, well, that's rude. Like, <laughs> you know, just throwing the stuff out because you can. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought that's that's rather annoying. But um, stuff like that, like uh, there's absolutely no reason why the tape players or the radios, the um, the monitors, the TVs, like, there's probably some stuff you don't want to obviously share with prisoners, but a lot of the stuff that works perfectly fine just because the prisoner is no longer at that prison or um, they've just upgraded some of the tech and they're getting rid of the old stuff. There's no reason why it couldn't go to schools or to, you know, somewhere else, surely... Yeah, you think so. Even if it goes to uh, universities for dismantling for electronic classes and high schools and... But no, it all, it all just got chucked out. Crunch it up. Um, the really cool part is actually you can go to places like Alibaba and you can buy um, all this clear case stuff, like brand new. <laughs> like oh, right. they sell it. Um, yeah, you can actually go and buy like a... A brand new DVD screen to watch your DVDs on. That's the clear case. It's the same one they sell to the prisons, ah. um, but they'll sell it to the public as well. You know, <laughs> for whatever it is, forty nine dollars or something like that. Yeah. So. It's not bad. 
but I can imagine, you know, um, imagine selling those clear case TV screens to like a nightclub and then they'd just crack the case open, fill it full of LEDs and, you know, <laughs> they'd, they'd love that sort of stuff. They would, yeah. So, but yeah, so I just thought that's interesting there. On the one hand, they're bragging about how they're refurbishing all this in-house stuff and the same breath they basically turn around and throw out tons worth of electronics because they don't want anybody else to have it yeah it's not There's like no it's, right to repair anywhere either. <clears throat> it's not like it's sensitive information on a laptop or on a computer that's got hard drives that might contain information it's literally dumb technology that can't hold personal information yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> so. the hacker who stole 600 million dollars yeah. in tokens from a cryptocurrency platform last week was offered a security job by the platform on tuesday most of this money has been returned to the Poly Network, but more than $200 million in assets remains locked in account controlled by the hacker, whom the crypto platform refers, refers to as a Mr. White Hat. As a condition of releasing the remaining funds, the hacker has called for security improvements in the Poly Network program platform. In a post on Medium, the network noted it has been in contact with Mr. White Hat on a daily basis, keeping the hacker informed about the platform's ongoing efforts to improve its security. We've made constant efforts to establish an understanding with Mr. White Hat and genuinely hope Mr. White Hat will transfer the private keys as soon as possible so we can so that we can return full access control back to the users early as the company wrote. It also offered Mr. White Hat a job. <laughs> to extend our thanks and encourage Mr. White Hat to continue contributing to security advancement in the blockchain world, together with Poly Network, we cordially invite him to be the chief security advisor of the Poly Network, the company wrote. In addition to a job, the Poly Network has offered him a $500,000 bounty for exposing the flaw in its software that allowed $600 million to bleed from its coffers. The hacker initially refused to accept the bounty, but later stated the money should be given to the technical community who have made contributions to blockchain security. Blockchain is the technology that's the cornerstone of cryptocurrency security. We fully respect Mr. White Hat's thoughts and to express our gratitude, we will still transfer this 500,000 bounty to a wallet address approved by him for him to use at his own discretion for the cause of cybersecurity and supporting more projects and individuals. Whatever he does choose to do with the bounty in the end, we have no objections. The company also iterated in its medium piece that it had no intention of holding Mr. White Hat legally responsible for his actions and is confident he will return full control of all assets to the public network. There you go. You ever see things like where people find a hole in a security system instead of fixing it and thanking them, they chuck them in jail straight away? Yeah. I, 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 I was about to say that. I don't understand. Like, this person knows the security inside and out. Obviously, the only person who does, because they're the only person who's got in, now so far yeah <laughs> but you throw them in prison how long do you really think it's going to take before this person who's the only one who knew the information suddenly isn't the only person who knows this information anymore yeah. <laughs> um if you ask me it's a good way to secure your job here look i can prove to you that i can own you over you know so give me a job <laughs> yeah <laughs> um didn't google do that for a while um, didn't they say that if you could hack into their systems that employ you to to manage that thing was that google somebody it's one of the bigger companies was they're basically saying that yeah we look we think our security is on point but if you can get in um we'll hire you to become security advisor for that area and yeah that's what happened to paul randall schwartz who helped create pearl 
Mm. He, um, in July 1995, he was prosecuted in the state of Oregon versus Randall Schwartz, which dealt with compromised computer security during his time as system admin for Intel. In the process of performing penetration testing, he cracked a number of passwords in their system. And he was originally convicted on three felony counts, which one reduced to a misdemeanor, but on February 1, 2007, his arrest and conviction records were sealed through an official expungement and he's legally no longer a felon. So if he was doing penetration testing for Intel, found passwords could be decrypted, decrypted them, showed them that it could be done, and then they um, threw the book at him. Mm. And he was having trouble, I think he was having trouble flying on planes and stuff because they wouldn't accept him to places and he couldn't get bookings a place to do talks or things because they're like well we don't want a felon here it's like i was employed to find security holes i yeah. found them showed them that and they turned on me it's dumb in the early days of pen testing that was an issue um because there wasn't really there wasn't really a job description that allowed you to break the law which effectively what is what pen testing is. You're effectively breaking laws and legislations to, to start with before you even start to get in the company because you're not allowed to you're not allowed to use public utilities to cause in malicious intent. Hmm. So immediately before you even try to get into the company, just by using the fact that you're using the phone lines, you're automatically breaking the law because you have intent to cause harm. So <laughs> the whole pen testing thing was was new yeah <laughs> um i mean when i was doing i was doing something similar for harvey norman i wasn't doing pen testing of their software but i was physically doing their um stock loss prevention and stuff like that and it's the same sort of thing you would basically see what the vulnerabilities are in terms of how stock gets you know goes missing and either gets stolen or just walks out of a store or in some cases gets delivered by Harvey Norman to somebody who hasn't even purchased it um, and <laughs> you had to be really careful because that was technically my job and whilst Harvey Norman's head office was aware of it the local store wasn't and it wasn't uncommon for people to get arrested by the police for shoplifting and y you would eventually get cleared and they'd ring the people and but <laughs> It was it was such a process because it wasn't something that was done very often. Yeah. Um. That's a lot more common now, and there's a lot more safeguards in place so that people generally get arrested a lot less. Um. But not uh, not he's not saying zero. Yeah, he's saying yeah. A lot less. It still, it still does happen. It happens a lot less than it used to, but it still does happen. Um. But the principles are still the same. Yeah. You, you know. You you your intent is to break the law, so you've got to you've got to have it really well done so that you're yeah it's it's a, it's really tricky because you, you've got to break the law but you've got to break the law legally yeah <laughs> <laughs> if that even makes sense so it's um but yeah it was it, it's i can see how you know from my point of view if i if i had a company like that that and security and software was my primary concern and somebody showed me a flaw by accessing and especially given that obviously they've tried to contact me and i've ignored them yeah. then i'd go no worries come and work for me would you like to consult for me you know <laughs> i quite happily even if you don't come and fix the problem and then i'll put you on a retainer yeah <laughs> you know like 
for the vast majority of people, they don't want to hack your company for the... There's a, if they're doing it, there's a reason they're doing it. They either just enjoy finding holes, which in which case they normally won't take anything, they'll just inform you of it. Or in this case, they're just there to prove a point. Um, yep. But it's generally not done with malicious intent. Like, very rarely, unless you're a you know, a software pirate, a software... Um, you know, like these guys who are putting viruses on and, you know, stuff like that. that. That's different. But for the most part, people who just break into something just to see if they can... Yeah, generally one, of my, one of my friends who has his own Linux servers all around his house because he's all into that stuff. And when he gets bored, he just spends his days trying to break into his own systems to see what can break. And then he can report it back to the people who made the software and then yeah. they can fix it. You know, and it's it's not generally done with malicious intent. So normally, if somebody gets into your into your server, into your backend, or into your software, and they go, "Hey, look, I'm here. Um, fix the problem." Yeah, generally, the best thing you can do is turn around and go, "Well, come and work for me, and you can fix it for me," because yeah. they're that. That's what they want to do. So if they're working for you, that even even if they're working for you, that's not going to stop them from going home and not trying to hack into. To, to you even if they're yeah. working for you the upside is that they come in the next day and go hey I found another problem <laughs> so you know and I fixed it yeah yeah. Well, I found the problem and while I was there I decided to fix it yeah <laughs> so that's it for me how about you yeah that'll do that'll do that'll do okay thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head show we can be found at Facebook Twitter YouTube Patreon and Coffee. you can email us Will or Warlock at AussieTechHeads.com.au and go to AussieTechRadio.com 24-7 playback of the tech related shows from around Australia and New Zealand see you next time bye bye